Welcome to TSX Quarterly, the podcast that brings you publicly available earnings calls from companies listed on the Toronto Stock Exchange in one convenient location. Gone are the days of looking through confusing websites. You'll find the important information right here. Enjoy the call. And welcome to the Options Inc. Reports third quarter of fiscal year 2021 financial results conference call. All participants will be in a listen-only mode. Should you need assistance, please signal a conference specialist by pressing the star key followed by zero. After today's presentation, there'll be an opportunity to ask questions. To ask a question, you may press star then one on a touchstone phone. To withdraw your question, please press star then two. Please note this event is being recorded. I would now like to turn the conference over to Robert Bloom of Lytton Partners. Please go ahead. Okay, thank you very much. And thank all of you for joining us today for the OpSense third quarter fiscal 2021 conference call. With us on the call representing the company today are Louis Laflemme, OpSense President and Chief Executive Officer, and Robin Villeneuve, OpSense Chief Financial Officer. At the conclusion of today's prepared remarks, we will open the call for a question and answer session. Before we begin with prepared remarks, just a couple of comments. Today's call will contain forward-looking statements that are based on current assumptions and subject to risks and uncertainties that could cause actual results to differ materially from those projected, and the company undertakes no obligation to update these statements except as required by law. Information about these risks and uncertainties are included in the company's filings, as well as periodic filings with regulators in Canada and the United States, which can be found on CDAR and the OpSense website. Today's discussion will include adjusted financial measures, which are non-IFRS measures. These should be considered as supplement to and not a substitute for IFRS financial measures. Finally, today's event is being recorded and will be available for replay through both the webcast and conference call dial-in information provided in the press release. With that said, let me turn the call over to Louis Laflemme, President, Chief Executive Officer of OpSense. Louis, please proceed. Thank you, Robert, and, and good morning to all of you. We are excited to speak with you today for our third quarter fiscal 2021 conference call. Let me also take a minute to greet the French-speaking audience. Bonjour et bienvenue à notre conférence téléphonique pour le troisième trimestre de l'exercice 2021. Merci beaucoup de vous joindre à nous aujourd'hui. Let's move into the highlights for the quarter. From a revenue standpoint, I am pleased with the results of the third quarter, which reflected strong top-line growth across the board with 39% year-over-year revenue growth and 5% growth sequentially compared to the second quarter. The $9.2 million of revenue was a new record for absence, a key accomplishment. The successful commercial, commercial adoption of our up-to-water solution for coronary artery disease continued to be the key driver of revenue growth. I will go into more details in a moment where the growth is coming from, touch on the strong operational improvement, 
in our gross margin as our up-to-wire tree continues to roll out and discuss the investments we are making to drive sustainable growth going forward. On the development side, Absence has been increasing its internal project pipeline. On a midterm basis, these new projects will increase Absence offering to further improve its positioning with physicians and customers. For more short-term value drivers, we progressed toward our first-in-man start by responding to regulatory questions from Air Canada. As we mentioned before, Absence is seeking authorization to perform the first in-man for the Savvy Warrior, the commercial name we are applying to our innovative pressure guide wire for the diagnosis and treatment of aortic valve stenosis, or TAVR. The first in-man will be one of the last steps before we file for regulatory 510K clearance with the US FDA. I'll expand on this process and the requirements in Canada, US, and EU more in a bit, but the bottom line is that we remain committed to the timeline we have talked about the commercial tower product with a goal of initial approval in early 2022 in Canada and in US and Europe a few months after. With a record revenue quarter and strong progress on both the commercial and development side, we are also in the best financial position we ever have been from a balance sheet perspective to continue the execution of our growth strategy. At the end of May, we had 38.8 million in cash on the balance sheet. So with that as a high level overview, let's jump into more specifics. Let's start with the after sales within our coronary artery disease business, or what we refer to as FFR and DPR, were 6.2 million during the quarter. This was a 41% increase from the year ago third quarter. We saw strong continued adoption in the US where sales were up 152%. Similar to recent quarters, this is a direct result of our concentrated efforts to expand and enhance our market share in the U.S. by adding new customers while capitalizing on the recent signing of two significant GPO contracts. Working with hospital systems and GPOs has been a key initiative, and we are excited with the progress made to date. As a reminder, we signed our first U.S. GPO agreement in October 2020, which was a three-year contract providing access to the optowire to all their members across the U.S. In April, we signed our second major GPO agreement with Vision, one of the country's largest GPOs, to provide our optowire tree to over 700 cat labs. This is more than one-third of the healthcare organization in the country, ranging from large integrated delivery networks, and academic medical centers to community hospitals. Unit sales to GPOs have been growing 30% from Q3 2021 compared to Q2 2021. These contracts 
are a continued recognition that the optowire improves efficiency and saves significant costs while aligning with our partners' mission to better treat their patients. Outside the U.S., we likewise add strong sales performance across nearly every geography. Sales in EMEA were up 74%, and Canada was up 53%. Japan, however, was up 15% during the quarter, primarily due to the continued impact from the pandemic, as they are a bit further behind the curve compared to many other parts of the world. As a reminder, we achieved regulatory approvals for the optoward tree in the last few quarters, which should continue to be a key driver for both growth, but importantly, growth margin going forward. We have talked about, about it in, in the past that optoward tree new design is even more user-friendly, which we believe may increase its adoption with physicians and expand the assessment of cardiovascular artery disease using FFR and DPR, which has the ability to result in better diagnosis and treatment for more patients. We also recently announced the signing of an agreement with CAT Medical Cardiovascular for the integration of our coronary physiology algorithms into their Picasso system, a next-generation hemodynamic system. The integrated system will initially focus on the Spanish cardiology market, where the Picasso has a dominant market share. This partnership agreement allows interventional cardiologists using this system to benefit from full integration into the CAT lab and to offer superior diagnosis and treatment to their patients. We believe their integration brings together the best of both worlds, hemodynamic system and physiology guide warriors, merging functionalities that will improve physician workflow, ease their decision-making process, and may lead to better patient outcomes. We are excited to see how this partnership develops. Circling back for a moment on gross margin, Robin will touch more on this in a moment during this financial discussion. But I think it's important to point out the significant progress made during the quarter in expanding our gross margin, which increased 400 basis points from 55% up to 59% during the quarter. A significant portion of this improvement is tied to the extended launch of the optoire which has lower costs of goods sold but also higher volume and economies of scale combined with enhanced productivity. We expect to see a continued long-term improvement in gross margin going forward. Also, as Robin will point out, we are making key investments in sales and marketing to drive adoption of the upper for future growth. We are being very measured in our approach, but believe the long-term potential is so significant that we want to continue building this business for sustainable growth. One highlight of this is our educational webinars. Our team has successfully launched 
a series of cardio webinars with top medical professionals touching on a wide range of topics. The most recent ones are all-in coronary physiology, more diversity in the CAT lab. PCT incorporating current data in your PCI practice and are up to order for DPR or FFR. Our goal is to provide an educational forum on the benefits and advantages of our products to improve patient care. I'm proud of our team's efforts in creating these informative webinars. With all that said, we continue to have a positive outlook for the remainder of the year. The headwinds from the pandemic are not completely gone, but based on the COVID-related improvements, we are seeing throughout most of the world, coupled with a more specific ramp up in our areas of focus, I believe we are in a great position to end the year on a positive note. Transitioning to our business partnership for a moment. As most of you are aware, several companies are integrating absence sensors into their product used in medical applications, including Abiamed integration of our pressure sensor into uh, the impeller pump. Sales to OEMs were up about $561,000 during the quarter, or 35%. The increase is largely a result of the timing of orders, deliveries, which can at times be lumpy. In 2019, we signed a five-year agreement with ABMS, which makes up the largest portion of our OEM partnership sale. Overall, when you include our coronary artery disease business, plus the contribution from our medical uh, OEM sales, our, our total medical sales were $8.5 million during the third quarter. This was a 39% increase from the same period a year ago and up 9% sequentially. Let us now discuss the performance of our industrial segment. Once again, this segment saw very nice performance during the quarter with revenue of 713,000, an increase of 41% compared to the year ago period. As a reminder, our industrial segment leveraged our optical technology and knowledge through our only owned subsidiary called Opsin Solution to offer key solutions in optical temperature, pressure, strain, and other parameters for various industries, including aerospace, nuclear, and power electronics. While I want to keep the near-term expectation under control, this group is making tremendous progress on a number of fronts, including the recent announcement pertaining to our involvement in the international Eureka Network project. The project consortium, supported by a major aircraft manufacturer, aims to develop an optical fuel monitoring system for aerospace applications based on absent solution patented fiber optic technology. This innovative system is intended for use in commercial aircraft, among others, and is designed to be safer, lighter, and to reduce contaminant 
emissions. This aerospace-based announcement follows up on last quarter announcement regarding our involvement in the International Thermonuclear Experimental Reactor, or ITER, project. ITER is the world's largest nuclear fusion and scientific experiment project with 35 nations currently under construction in southern France. As a reminder, Absence was selected to supply our customer with fiber optic absolute and differential pressure sensor that will provide critical information for accurate monitoring. In total, it is anticipated that there will be a large number of sensors at different levels of the ITER project for which Absence sensor technology would be applicable. The team at Absence Solution is doing a great job, and I look forward to the continued leveraging of our optical technology to a wide variety of commercial applications. With that overview on our commercial base operation, let's jump into our lead development program for Tower. As a reminder to those newer to the company, we are leveraging our optical technology for the benefit of the multi-billion transcendental replacement of the Arctic valve or Tower market. Our Tower guide wire allows for a single wire to diagnose and deliver the valve, reducing complication while saving time and money through its flawless connectivity capabilities. It would be the industry's first guide wire that can deliver the valve and allow for continuous pressure measurement. As I mentioned at the beginning, we received and responded to Air Canada question for the clearance on the Investigational Testing Authorization, or ITA. We are expecting to start and complete our first in-man study before the end of the summer. The study is being conducted on 20 patients in two world-renowned structural art institution with leadership from Dr. Radais Cabot at IUCPQ in Quebec City and Dr. Reda Ibrahim at the Montreal Art Institute. Again, this product, the Savvy Wire, will be a 5NK submission. We need to demonstrate safety and ability to deliver the valve consistently with the predicted device. We will not be conducting any clinical follow-up on patient condition in this study. The completion of the first-in-man study will be the last key step before regulatory filing in the U.S., Canada, and EMEA. Again, our expectation is to complete the trial in the summer with 510 key submission right after, with our hope is for an initial approval in Canada before March 2022 and in US before June 2022. As I mentioned last quarter, while we are completing these regulatory steps, we are also preparing to ramp, to ramp commercial production to be able to hit the ground running next year. As a reminder, one of the reasons we are so excited about this area 
besides the fact that we are looking to bring to market something that we believe to be a potentially game-changing device, is that this is one of the fastest-growing segments in cardiology, with tower procedure on the rise driven by an aging of the population, and recent studies highlighting its benefits in utilizing a less invasive procedure and thereby improving the patient's recovery time. As we stated before, the tower market is currently estimated at $5 billion US and is expected to reach $8 billion by 2025. So, all told, we are extremely excited about the progress we have made and the potential opportunity our tower Godwater can bring to the market. I look forward to sharing more with you in the coming months. As you can hear, following the financing we completed in February 2021, Absence has been deploying its accelerated business plan with additional sales and marketing activities and increased R&D investments to further capitalize on business opportunities ahead of us. We believe Absence is in a unique position to create value by generating additional revenue growth while accelerating the release of new products that can meet unmet needs for the best interest of physicians and patients. This is really exciting time for all of us at Absence. So just to recap a bit before I turn it over to Robin, I'm pleased with the overall progress made during the third quarter of fiscal 2021. Total revenue was a new record of 39% year over year, led by a 41% growth in up-to-water coronary artery disease revenues. Nearly every key region showed growth during the quarter, with our key objective to gain share in the U.S., coming to fusion as sales increased 152%, 34% sequentially. We also made demonstrable progress in our improving, in our capability to improve the gross margin. Our option solution business continues to operate well with a number of key global projects in play that have the potential to be long-term contributors for us. Our TAVR program continues to move forward with key milestone reach and a continued expectation of U.S. commercialization in 2022. And we have a strong balance sheet with more than $38 million in cash. As always, I want to thank all our employees for their hard work and dedication during the quarter as we truly have accomplished a number of very important milestones and development. But most importantly, there is a lot of work ahead of us, and I'm confident we are up to the challenge. Let me now turn the call over to Robin for a review of the third quarter 2021 results. Robin? Thank you, Louis. And thanks to everyone joining us on the call today. The company reported record sales of $9.2 million in the third quarter of fiscal 2021, 
compared with 6.6 million in the same period of fiscal 2020, an increase of 39%. This also compared to 8.8 million in the second quarter of fiscal 2021. Sales in the medical segment, which encompass both our coronary artery disease lines of business, or FFRDPR, and OEM, which is mainly our agreement with Aviomed for integration of our pressure sensor into their Ampela pump, total $8.5 million. This was an increase of about $2.4 million, or 39%. FFR-related sales were up 1.8 million, while the OEM sales were up about 0.6 million. Sales in the industrial segment totaled $713,000 during the third quarter, compared to sales of $506,000 for the same period in 2020. The increase is explained by a higher volume of orders in the nuclear field compared to the same period last year. As we stated, many of the projects which have long-term potential are still a bit further away from the larger rams. So I just want to reiterate our caution on expectations there for Q4 2021. One important note, the company's revenues are generated in US dollars Canadian dollars, euros, and British pounds. Fluctuations in the exchange rate affect revenues. For the three-month period ended May 31st, 2021, revenues were negatively affected by about $750,000 compared to the same period last year. In contrast, sales were positively impacted by $332,000 for the three-month period ended May 31st, 2020. When you look at gross margins, they were up nicely to 59% in this year third quarter compared to 55% in the year ago third quarter and 52% in the sequential second quarter. The 400 basis point year-over-year increase in gross margin percentage reflects higher sales volume and the related economies of scale combined with enhanced productivity and by lower cost of goods sold for up to R3 compared to up to R2. From an operating expenses standpoint, as planned, overall operating expenses increased by $1.3 million during the third quarter of fiscal 2021 compared to the third quarter of fiscal 2020. The increase is largely explained by our investments in sales and marketing as we are ramping up our sales efforts to continue growing market share in the U.S. Along with increases in research and development expenses as we prepare for the commercial launch of our Tavr Guidewire in the coming months. As we explained, we are making additional investments in sales and marketing and research and development over the coming quarters to capitalize on the opportunities we have to accelerate growth of the wire and development of our CD wire. We are anticipating an increase in operating expenses 
by approximately 10% over Q3 2021 for the next few quarters. Also, please note we did recognize a non-refundable contribution under the CEWS, or Canada Emergency Wage Subsidy Program, for an amount of $121,000. You will see this recognized under other income on the income statement. EBITDA, which we define as net income loss plus financial expenses, depreciation of property plan equipment and right of use assets, amortization of intangible assets and stock-based compensation costs, was a positive $0.5 million in the third quarter of 2021 compared to $0.6 million in the third quarter of 2020. The slight decrease in the third quarter is mainly due to higher sales and marketing and R&D expenses and a higher amount of CWS received last year. Looking at net income, as anticipated, we are reporting a net loss of $570,000 in the third quarter of 2021 compared with a net income of $52,000 in the year-ago third quarter. The net loss is mainly due to our investments to capitalize on business opportunities with additional spending in sales and marketing, R&D, and others for operating expenses increasing $1.3 million for the third quarter of fiscal 2021, offset by sales growth and improvement in gross margins. Finally, as we mentioned, we completed a $28.75 million bond deal financing in February 2021. Inclusive of the, finance, of the financing, we had a $38.8 million of cash and cash equivalents as of May 31st, 2021. With that, I will turn the call over to Louis. Thank you, Robin. Thank you to all investors for their continued interest and support of options. We are working hard every day to capitalize on the exciting opportunities ahead of us. Operator, let me now turn the call over to any questions. We will now begin the question and answer session. To ask a question, you may press star then one on your touchstone phone. If you're using a speakerphone, please pick up your handset before pressing the keys. If at any time your question has been addressed and you would like to withdraw your question, please press star then two. At this time, we will pause momentarily to assemble our roster. The first question comes from Rahul Sarajevo with Raymond Jink. Please go ahead. Uh, good morning, Louis and Robin. Uh, thanks so much for taking my questions and congratulations on, on the strong revenue this quarter. So I'd like to actually start with with, uh, with, with that revenue and, and talking a little bit about the, the GPO business, uh, sorry, the GPO channel. Um, you know, so I'd like to maybe get, to, get a little bit of resolution in terms of how much of that revenue was driven through the GPOs recognizing that we did see a little bit of a jump 
in sales and marketing? And how should we be thinking about the, you know, the revenue trajectory sort of organically as well as, uh, as, well as through the GPOs? Okay, well, I, I think the, the message, well, first, thanks for your question, uh, Raul. It's always good to talk with you. So I, I think uh, the message or the, the results that we see regarding the, the GPO initiative is in line with what we said before, where uh, we, we got some positive impact uh, in the Q3 uh, 2021 results uh, of this, uh, uh, this expansion with uh, relationship with GPOs. Uh, this being said, we expect uh, to have more significant result uh, impact uh, in the fiscal year 2022 because uh, having a GPO's contract is a, is a license to hunt. It's, a, it's an access to a, a base of customers. This being said, we still have to perform the, the normal steps of, uh, uh, you know, uh, of, of sales where we have to install a monitor, we have to uh, secure uh, doctor support, and, and, and from there we can generate recurring revenues with our customers. So uh, in, in the current quarter, uh, when you compare with the, the, the Q3 2020, uh, there was a, a significant increase uh, in, in the sales uh, with GPOs but uh, in, in percentage, but we do expect in, in dollar that the impact will be uh, more impactful uh, in, in fiscal year 2022. Terrific. That's that's very helpful, Louis. Uh, I appreciate that color. So now moving specifically to the TAVR program, um, I'm not sure if it was I misunderstood, but you talked about initiating the program in the summer, but also completing the program in the summer. Summer is a bit of a, a you know a broad term. Um, I think there was a, a July timeline talked about for initiation. Maybe I'm imagining that. Maybe it was it was it was in one of the previous call. So are you able to give us a little bit more resolution on, uh, you know, sort of timelines associated with the initiation, how long you expect that uh, the recruitment will take and completion of the trial, given how much excitement there is and, you know, our discussions with KOL uh, seem to be illustrating that there is quite a bit of excitement around the program. Yeah, sure. So uh, uh, obviously uh, there is excitement from Kipton and leaders. There is also a lot of excitement uh, internally at Opsons because we, uh, we truly believe that this product can have a contribution to the field, to the, the TAVR procedure. Uh, regarding the, the timeline, you're right. We, uh, I did mention uh, this morning that we were expecting to start the study uh, in the summer and to complete the study in the summer. So the, the situation is as following, is that uh, we, uh, we need to get the authorization from Health Canada to perform the first in-man study. Uh, right now, we received a first set of questions. We did answer to those questions, and now we are waiting to see their, uh, their reaction about uh, the, uh, the answer that we provided. So, uh, you know, we've, we've been talking in the previous call about uh, hopefully uh, starting the study in, in July. Uh, it, it's, let's say my, uh, my current impression is that we will probably uh, start in, in August. Uh, this being said, uh, the, the study is only 20 patients, and, and the, the centers that we are working with are very high-volume centers. So thinking that we could uh, execute the study very quickly uh, is, is certainly a comfortable assumption for me. 
So that's why we can expect to start the study in the summer and to complete this before the third week of September. And if you'll indulge just a quick follow-on question, uh, Louis, thank you very much for that. And then could you maybe elaborate a little bit in terms of completion of the study and the timelines between that and submitting FDA your FDA package? Well, we, we are working right now to prepare everything we can do around the, the filing. So that's the reason why once the, the study is completed and we get the, the, the final report, we'll almost be ready to do uh, the, the filing to secure the, the 510K clearance. So we don't expect a lot of time between uh, the completion of the study and the filing with the FDA. Terrific. That's, that's very helpful. Thank you very much, Louis. Thank you, Ruben. I'll get back in the queue. Thank you, Raul. The next question is from Doug Neen with RBC Capital Markets. Please go ahead. Just a question with respect to your thinking on the marketing of this product. Um, I know that there's a multiple pathways that you can pursue in that regard, but um, I'm just wondering if you have anything to update. I, I know that as it relates to the U.S. market, we're a year away from um, you know, having to be concerned about that, but I, I do expect that you're laying the groundwork today. Um, could you maybe give us a few details on what you're thinking? Yeah, sure, sure. I mean, uh, and, and when you say uh, a year away from commercialization, it means that we need to, uh, to, to prepare today. So uh, as I mentioned before in previous call, uh, okay, Opsons right now is, uh, is preparing to uh, roll this product into uh, the, the, the bag of our territory manager, so our team that is selling uh, directly to hospital in U.S., and we feel that everything that we are doing around the uh, coronary artery disease business, so uh, developing relationship with customers, installing up to monitors in the field, uh, developing relationship with GPOs, all those actions will help us to be, uh, to be faster in the rollout of the, the savvy wire uh, for the TAVR procedure. This being said, uh, th this is one option, uh, the company will also uh, explore uh, other options where uh, you know we could uh, we, we could work in collaboration with uh, other companies uh, in in, uh, in in either distributing or bringing the product in a way or another in the hands of physicians. Uh, th there is some interest on that, so. Uh, we, we will make the, the best decision for, uh, for value creation for shareholders. At current time, there is not a lot that I can share uh, more on this, but uh, if I would conclude is that, uh, I mean, we feel that, uh, you know, going with our uh, internal sales force is a, 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 an option that would deliver a lot of value for shareholders. So uh, when we will evaluate any uh, partnership opportunities, uh, it, it will have to be uh, substantially superior to this to uh, to allow us to go in a different direction. Okay, that's helpful. Um, maybe a bit more detail with respect to the 
cath labs and those sorts of things or the where the TAVR procedures are completed. Um, what percent market share do you think you have right now in the U.S. as it relates to um, hospitals that would uh, be completing the TAVR procedure? Uh, I would say it's probably similar to the, the market share that we are uh, having in general for our coronary artery disease business. If you recall, uh, and if we talk uh, specifically about the U.S. market, uh, we have 4% market share today in, in coronary artery disease, and, and, and this 4% is probably applicable to the uh, areas or, or centers where the, the TAVR procedure are being performed. Uh, we think that having both products together will help us to get, obviously, some success uh, or, or substantial success on the TAVR product, but this will also uh, facilitate our, our penetration of the coronary artery disease uh, uh, product being the optowire. So we feel that having those two products together will give will make the, the offer from options much more uh, much stronger and, and, and this will uh, give us an opportunity to be more relevant for doctors, more relevant for uh, hospitals, and also obviously more relevant for GPOs. Okay. And you don't think that you're going to be at a disadvantage only having a 4% market share when you launch this product relative to other potential you know, groups that may have 100% market share in various tavern labs? Well, uh, the answer is no, because first, uh, we will grow this 4% uh, market share in U.S. In addition, uh, we are coming uh, in tavern with uh, a new concept where uh, uh, you know this doesn't exist in the field today, and, and uh, as you know, I know you've been in contact with different uh, uh, key opinion leaders in the field. Uh, there is a strong appetite for the, the savvy wire concept, so we feel that the demand will be uh, will be strong regarding this product. So uh, even if our uh, current market share uh, is is small in U.S. Uh, we think it won't uh, affect at all uh, the speed of penetration of the savvy water. Excellent. Thank you, Louis. Thank you, Doug. As a reminder, if you have a question, please press star, then one to be joining the queue. The next question comes from Justin Keywood with Steeple GMP. Please go ahead. Good morning, and uh, thanks for taking my questions. I uh, had a couple of questions around the gross margins. Uh, we saw the nice expansion in the quarter from 55 to 59%. I know there were some uh, comments uh, earlier on in the call, but if you could just remind us what are the contributing factors uh, to driving that gross margin, uh, if this is sustainable in the, in the near term. And I also thought I heard from Robin that there's also the potential to even uh, expand the margins. So uh, if we can just have some additional call on that, it would be appreciated. Yes, yeah, sure. Uh, and uh, maybe, Robin, you can uh, complete uh, after my answer. But at high level, uh, Justin, uh, well, obviously, having more volume is providing some uh, scale economy to us. In addition, you know, as we, we progress in the year, uh, the percentage of sales of OptoWire 3 uh, is higher compared to uh, OptoWire 2. 
So each time we are moving in that direction, this is helping uh, the, uh, the, the gross margin. Uh, in addition, uh, the, the, the percentage of direct sales uh, have been uh, higher than uh, some, some previous quarters. And, and obviously, our gross margin is higher when we sell uh, directly in North America compared to uh, either EMEA or Japan. So uh, overall, uh, and, and also the, the, the fourth factor is the fact that uh, uh, the uh, other uh, medical business, so the uh, OEM business, uh, is an area where uh, there is uh, certain customers that are providing uh, you know, good gross margin to options. So when you combine all those factors, it's giving a quite uh, positive uh, growth on the gross margin side. Uh, just to complete the, the last portion of your uh, question is that uh, when we look forward, uh, we think that uh, options will uh, continue to grow, will continue to gain uh, scale economy, uh, and having the, the Savvy Warrior, which will be also a high margin product, uh, there, is, there is room to do better. Uh, on a short-term basis, let's say sometime uh, just one quarter uh, is, is small, so we can see some variances there. But when we look forward uh, to our, our years 2022, 2023, uh, and 2024, uh, we feel there is opportunity to do better. Thank you. Appreciate that. And any indication on what the gross margins could eventually get to at scale? Uh, we we think that uh, uh, you know seeing a, a gross margin somewhere uh, around 65% uh, is something that would be uh, reasonable that would be fair to uh, all of our uh, customers and partners around the world. Okay, good to hear. And then uh, the balance sheet is obviously quite healthy. Uh, you know, ending the quarter with just around uh, 39 million in cash. I assume that you know provides more than enough uh, support for the new Taver product. Do you have any other plans uh, for the cash on the balance sheet? Are, are you looking at any uh, acquisitions, and and if so, what's the pipeline look like? And uh, you know, any indication on how further along those conversations are with uh, potential acquisitions? Okay. Well, uh, you know, regarding the, the the use of proceeds from the last financing. Uh, we've been clear that we were going to increase our sales and marketing uh, expenses. We were also going to increase uh, the, uh, the, the human resources in the R&D depart department to uh, accelerate uh, innovation, to bring uh, new products to the market faster. So that's an area, an area where you can expect to see an increase uh, in expenses. So that's a part of the use of proceeds. Uh, we 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 have uh, let's say we are assessing different uh, acquisition opportunities. I would say right now uh, none none of them are are at a level where I can say to you they are uh, well advanced. Uh, but we uh, we remain uh, let's say alert there and opportunistic. Uh, and uh, you know down the road uh, once the the savvy warrior will be on the market. Uh, we do expect to also spend uh, additional money in, in clinical uh, activities to really demonstrate uh, the, the value that uh, this concept is bringing to uh, the field. 
So uh, overall, uh, we like to be in strong in a strong cash position. This is allowing us to uh, to go with more velocity in everything we do, and and, and we feel that uh, since the, the the market opportunities that we have out there, it's important that we uh, we move quickly. So uh, you know, um, yeah, no, I think it, it's covering your answer your question. I appreciate that. And and just one more question. Uh, just with the recent balance sheet strength, uh, has that uh, led to um, you know any productive or I guess more productive uh, conversations with some of the hospital uh, customers? Uh, you know, just given that you know Opsense is you know relatively a smaller uh, supplier compared to some of the larger medical device uh, providers out there, and and has that changed any of the conversations that you've been having? Uh, I'm not sure I understand your your question. Can you repeat? If the balance sheet strength of the company, is that leading to any increased sales traction with some of the hospital customers if there's been any change, uh, you know, compared to the past? Yeah. Uh, I would think the answer is is no. I I think that there was no concern uh, from customers with uh, uh, absence uh, viability. Where it's having an impact is that uh, we we have now the resources to add more uh, people in the field, and having more presence will lead to uh, revenue growth. Okay, understood. Thank you for taking my questions. Thank you. The next question comes from Harry Auger with Patients Partners. Please go ahead. Louis, good morning, and congratulations on a fine quarter. <clears throat> I had uh, two questions for you. One is, what was the percentage of sales on the second quarter and, and this past quarter through the GPOs? Uh, I mean, it's it's not an information that we are uh, disclosing publicly. Uh, what we... Uh, what we can share with you is that uh, it, it has been growing, uh, and uh, uh, I mean we see the opportunity to do more. Right. So it was basically immaterial for those quarters. Uh, no, I would say it's, it's more than that because okay. Uh, let's say we uh, we already had sales uh, in, in some centers that were. Uh, part of uh, you know GPO's contract that we uh, we signed. So in that context, as soon as we signed contract, we we already had sales that were falling within that contract. Uh, but the the interesting point for uh, for us and for investors is uh, the growth that we can get from this. And, and in terms of growth, we've been able to add uh, you know a, a certain number of centers, but, uh, uh, you know, we have to give time to those centers to generate uh, recurring sales. Okay. <clears throat> and then um, wh- where do you stand on your progress of, of getting listed in the U.S. on NASDAQ? I, I mean, uh, this is something that is uh, assessed uh, on a regular basis by the board of directors. Uh, at current time, there is uh, no decision, no decision that has been made in, in that uh, in that regard. Uh, I would say that uh, uh, we uh, 
there could be some some benefits for the company and uh, and the shareholders of having the the shares of options listed on a major U.S. exchange. Uh, we don't meet right now the the criteria around uh, the, the the minimum stock price, and uh, that's something that we can assess down the road. Okay, <clears throat> thank you very much. Thank you, Ari. The next question comes from Jeff Schachter with TV Health. TV Wealth, please go ahead. Hi, Louis. How are you doing? Very good. And you, Jeff? Very good. Um, you know, in listening to this call, I, I think people are still underappreciating the, um, the amount of change you'll have in the cardio um, world with the Tavar product. And I, and I do appreciate your answer on the M&A side because I think the stock price is still will be materially higher, and I think the, the, the use of proceeds in, in getting that TAVR out there, you know, helps the business, you know, in aggregate and the, uh, and the company valuation uh, materially. So I, I appreciate that answer. The um, question I have is just on the hiring. Uh, is that largely complete, and, and have you been able to find the talent you went in looking for, and, and, and are you largely where you want to be with the, uh, with the staff? Uh, the, the, the hiring is not completed. Uh, I mean, we are very, very selective in, in, in getting top talent. So uh, I, I would say that we uh, we are probably uh, at two two thirds of progress in the uh, R and D department, while uh, in, in sales and marketing we may be at uh, uh, somewhere that like one third of progress. So uh, it will be uh, it will be a process that we will. Uh, where we will make progress gradually uh, through uh, the fourth quarter and uh, the year, the, the, the beginning of the year 2022. Okay, and as far as you feeling that the talent is out there for you, you, you see no issues in, in, in finding what you're looking for? No, I, I would say uh, there is a, a very good interest from uh, the, the human resources to join the team at, at Opsons. Um, you know, the, the fact that we have, uh, uh, you know, the Optoire that is a, a proven device in the field that, uh, and that has proved, uh, you know, the, the, the value to customers, uh, this is allowing us, uh, you know, a good, uh, good capability to uh, attract people. And, and of course, well, obviously, when you add on this, uh, the, the savvy wire that is coming on board, uh, this is enough to... Uh, to make a commercial person quite uh, excited about the options opportunity. Excellent. I wish you uh, all the best of luck in uh, in August, and uh, look forward to the update on on the next uh, steps. Thanks. Thank you, Jeff. This concludes our question and answer session. I would like to turn the conference back over to the management for any closing remarks. Thank you. So. Uh, Many thanks to everyone for participating on today's call. Uh, we look forward to uh, hopefully speaking with all of you again shortly and, and to keep you uh, updated about the uh, exciting progress by Austin. Thank you. The conference is now concluded. Thank you for attending today's presentation. You may now disconnect. Thank you for listening to TSX Quarterly. If you enjoyed the cast, remember to leave a good rating. And remember, for any additional inquiries, please consult the company's investor relations section on their website. See you next time.